Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Metroscope, an Intercom Portland public affairs program. I'm Preston Highfield. Joining us this time on Metroscope is Britt Owes. She is the CEO for Special Olympics Oregon. Britt is a Minnesota native who moved to Portland, Oregon in June of 2018. Prior to this project, she spent two years working on Super Bowl 52, overseeing sponsorships and corporate partnerships. She spent 10 years with the Minnesota Timberwolves and Lynx and the first decade of her career with the Minnesota Vikings. She's here today to talk to us about Special Olympics. Oregon and their upcoming Polar Plunge event, and she is laughing at the fact that we almost had work canceled because <laughs> of the snow that actually never came. How's it going, Britt? Hey, it's so good to be here, and yeah, I, I've really enjoyed this last weekend of um, the quote-unquote snowpocalypse or snowmageddon that's taken over Portland and the kale emergencies, and yeah, it's been entertaining, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> so did you, did you, were you like everyone else, did you completely stock up on everything possible at the local grocery store? Do you have bread for the next 12 months? We have bread, we have peanut butter, we have paper towels, we have dog food. I mean, if you need it, we've got it. So, yeah, we, we are definitely a safe house for anybody not able to get through the conditions. <laughs> That's actually funny. So as someone who's from Minnesota and spent a lot of time there, I mean, you guys would not go to work if there was, what, like three feet of snow on the ground? I mean, what was the restriction? Oh, my God. No, there are no restrictions. I mean, honestly, in the morning, it could, you know, you could hear that there's going to be a foot of snow dropping and I'll say, all right, I'll be five minutes late. I'm on my way. And, you know, you're trailing behind snow plows the entire way to work. We're, we're built for it. So it's kind of a badge of honor. We call ourselves the bold north and I think take great pride in the fact that we can navigate through any condition. So I have a, I have a good time teasing my, my new Portland friends about, um, you know, their, the impending doom with this snow, this storm the past weekend. Right. But yeah. All right, cool. Well, you are braver than most. You've experienced more snow than most, but welcome to Portland in the last <laughs> Thank you. year or so. Uh, yeah, and I thought this uh, line of your bio that was passed along to me was interesting, talking about your passion using the power of sports as a transformational platform to engage and unite communities, create partnerships, and inspire uh, people through storytelling. And can you just tell us a little bit more about kind of your background? And I know you're now the CEO of, of Special Olympics Oregon, but just kind of the power of sport and how you've uh, I guess, learned that through your professional career, and now you're trying to grow that here in Oregon? Absolutely. You know, my, my career has always been built around sports. Um, and in the, in the past, it's been professional sports, so NBA, NFL, um, culminating in the Super Bowl over the last couple of years. But, you know, I've, I've never seen a platform that brings people together more. And you look at a stadium that becomes full on a Sunday or a Wednesday night arena, and you have people from all walks of life, races, religions, political alliances, but they come together in those moments around sport. It's one of the great unifiers. And so it's something that I've always enjoyed using that platform, whether it's to tell a story about, you know, a company or a brand or a charity, um, a social cause. Um, it's just, it's been a really fun 20 year 
uh, path for me. And to be now representing Special Olympics Oregon, um, using sport in a different way. And I, I really believe that I'm working with the best athletes in the world right here in Oregon and, and the inspirational stories that um, are taking place every single day. I'm, I'm so excited to be able to start talking more about our athletes and, and the wonderful things that they're doing. And it's just a, a tremendous honor and responsibility to be in the position that I'm in today. Now, that's fantastic. And that's well said. I know that um, ES, ESPN and some other networks have done various coverage of Special Olympics, uh, you know, even throughout throughout the world. Um, and it's been fun to kind of view that from afar. And it's cool that we can kind of get your local perspective of it as the person who's in charge of Special Olympics Oregon. Uh, could you just kind of tell us a bit more about that organization specifically and what you guys do for children and adults with uh, those disabilities? Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, there's an education opportunity that, that kind of needs to take place. I, I believe a lot of people, when they think of Special Olympics, they tend to think of our most visible event, which is Summer Games. Um, and they kind of associate us with a big track meet during the summer, and they associate it with kids. And that's a, a piece of what we do. But really, you know, we serve a very wide spectrum um, of the population. Uh, people with intellectual disabilities can enter our program um, at age seven and stay there entire lives as athletes um, in Special Olympics. And so, you know, we have athletes that are children, students, adults, um, in all stages of life and various abilities. Um, and we have three seasons of sports. In a normal year, we have fall, summer, winter sports, multiple sports within each season. So it's a very complex, multifaceted organization, um, and it really is a, it, it's a, a solution to a critical need. Um, there's a large portion of our population that doesn't have um, the same access to mainstream sports or abilities, and we provide such a wonderful platform for community engagement, um, health, fitness, wellness. Um, people develop friendships, um, and you talk to our athletes, and many of them, you know, when you say, what do you do? Um, tell me about yourself. They'll define themselves as an, as an athlete. You know, I'm a bowler. I'm a soccer player, and um, I'm an Olympian. They wear their medals so proudly, and it's, it's, such a, it's such a neat organization. And the more you get to know about what we do, um, you realize how critical it is to have this um, in Oregon and, and the number of people that we're able to serve because of it. Yeah, I think some of the most powerful interviews, I have a sports media background, one of the most powerful interviews I've ever seen is when uh, Special Olympic athletes, uh, you know, discuss themselves and their own mm -hmm. life journey uh, or even just uh, discuss a particular competition that they uh, were just a part of. And it's it's really it's really fun to watch and it's really it's powerful um, and it's it's unique to watch. Um, so let's talk a bit about how you guys are funded. I was looking on your website and uh, if you want to check it out, plungeoregon.com, www www.plungeoregon.com, uh, a bunch of different ways to register for the uh, Portland Polar Plunge. There's actually five different locations, Portland, Bend, Southern Oregon, uh, Medford, Eugene, and Corvallis. Um, and I believe a couple of those plunges have already happened, but the Portland one uh, is coming up on February 23rd. That is uh, a Saturday. Saturday. Um, but yeah, talk to us a bit about kind of how you guys are funded in these creative ways that you guys are raising money to keep your organization going. Absolutely. Well, you, you touched on our biggest fundraiser, which is which is Polar Plunge. Um, and this past weekend, we actually had our, our first two plunges in Eugene and Bend. Um, and, I mean, you talk about Polar. I mean, they were plunging in blizzard-like conditions in, in Bend, and um, it was so great. I, we have pictures of, you know, people wear costumes and, you know, short sleeves, swimsuits, you name it. It's, it's hysterical, the pictures that were coming out of both of the plunges. Um, and then the 
next set of plunges will be this weekend um, in, in Medford and Corvallis, and then, like you said, Portland on the 23rd. Um, and so Polar Plunge, you know, for us, it generates two things. One, incredible awareness for what we do, um, and then fundraising, which is obviously critical to any nonprofit. And Polar Plunge is one of my favorite ways of generating funds because we reach so many people. Um, you have the folks that are plunging and make the commitment to run into the icy waters um, on behalf of Special Olympics. But then you're also tapping into their networks because in addition to um, their registration fee, most plungers are raising money above and beyond. And so they'll post you know, their, their fundraising site on their Facebook pages. They'll, they'll go out to their friends and family, send a link to um, their networks. And people will sponsor them and, and you know, hey, if you, if you plunge, I'll donate $50. And so we're able to reach a really wide audience that way. And it, it definitely helps with fundraising, which is extremely critical for us right now. Um, but also awareness, just getting people to think about our athletes and what we do. And um, it's just a tremendous event. And so we are, we're so grateful for the many people who, uh, who brave the temperatures and, and get a little bit uncomfortable for a few minutes um, for a, a better cause or greater cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually took part in a uh, torch run um, a couple of summers back in, oh, Los, in Los Angeles. Yeah, and oh, it was, very cool. It was a really cool experience. I, I'm not just saying that. I would encourage everyone. I mean, it feels like you're a part of something bigger than yourself, and you're you know helping uh, for a good cause. So anything like that, you know, it was it was it was warmer when I was jogging in Los <laughs> Angeles than it would be right. diving in Bend. I heard Bend actually got a lot of snow, but um, oh, they did. Yeah, you have to check out the pictures. They're they're okay. amazing. Yeah, they're okay. wonderful. Awesome. I will. Um, but anyway. So reading on your website a bit, uh, plungeorgan.com is where people can go to register and check out. Actually, I am looking at some of the pictures here. They're pretty crazy. People wearing Superman capes and <laughs> right? um, doing some crazy stuff. Got some skirts in here. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, that's pretty impressive. I'm not sure I'd be able to do that, but shout out <laughs> to those people. Um, but on the, uh, on the kind of more serious note, I was reading uh, that you guys had to temporarily suspend some competitions. Um, and can you just tell us a, a bit about kind of why you're doing that and what you're what you're doing to help uh, rebuild Special Olympics Oregon? Absolutely. When when I started as CEO in June, um, you know, we found the organization to really be almost on the verge of collapse. Um, the financial situa- situation was dire, um, and it you know it, it's for years the organization provided a very high level of training and competition um, to children and adults that have intellectual disabilities. And the quality of services that they received um, were wonderful. But expenses continue to rise. And when you think of, you know, if you have kids in mainstream sports, um, the costs associated with, you know, uniforms, jerseys, if you're traveling, you know, you're paying for gas or, you know, travel, um, lodging, food, um, it's, it's expensive. And we provide our service to the Special Olympics athletes at no cost to the athlete. We never want cost to be a barrier for somebody to be able to participate. And so... Um, Everything is covered for them. And because we're a statewide organization, we have 30 programs that are volunteer-run across the state of Oregon. And in order to provide meaningful competition and training for our athletes, often it involves, you know, busing them, um, lodging them, feeding them. And so it's an expensive mission to operate. Um, a lot of people seem to think that everything is donated, and that is, that is definitely not the case. We rely on a number of small vendors, um, gymnasiums, bowling alleys, aquatic centers, bus companies, food vendors, hotels in order to be able to um, support our mission. 
And so those costs continue to escalate over the years. And unfortunately, when you look back um, over the last few years, our fundraising model didn't support those rising costs. And when I came in June, we found that, you know, the only way to really go forward was to hit pause um, suspend our mission delivery, our state games and competitions, um, and really, you know, get healthy. Uh, we had to pay off some debt, and we've been working really hard on that. We've made a lot of progress um, thanks to a wonderful group of philanthropists that have helped us over the last seven months. Um, and we've, we've made a lot of headway. And as we look to return to our mission delivery, you know, I, I kind of look at it as a marathon, not a sprint. Um, Rome wasn't built in a day, and we're going to make sure that as we uh, start to get back into different levels of training and competition that we do so responsibly. We want to make sure to spend within our means and build an organization um, that will be sustainable for decades. Um, we want to make sure that these athletes uh, have the ability to be a part of Special Olympics for decades to come. And so we're rebuilding. And, you know, organizations go through this, and it's, you know, it's our turn to go through this, and we're going to be okay. We've got wonderful people that care deeply about our mission, and um, as a a newcomer to Oregon, I have to say, I'm, I'm completely moved and touched by the kindness and generosity and um, just compassion of the people and companies that, um, that I've gotten to know here. It's a really, really special market, and it makes me so honored and proud to be starting to call myself an Oregonian. <laughs> this is Britt Owis joining us. She's the CEO for Special Olympics Oregon. Uh, spent a lot of time in Minnesota before moving here last summer. And, well, one of the great ways to get uh, some fundraising for you guys is this uh, Polar Plunge, which, like I mentioned earlier, has been in Portland, Eugene, Corvallis, Medford, and Salem. The Portland Polar Plunge is coming up uh, on Saturday, February 23rd. People can register online. Uh, they can also contact Special Olympics Oregon at 503-248-0600. There's also an email there, polarplunge at S-O-O-R. Uh, dot org. So talk to us a bit about kind of how registration works, and then we'll ask you what it's like when you actually jump into the freezing cold <laughs> water. But uh, let, let's let's discuss kind of the logistics of this. So the registration, and I know that uh, these athletes who are plunging have to raise the money themselves, I believe, right? Yep, everybody raises money, and and you, I love that you brought up our athletes because we do have a number of athletes um, that participate in the Polar Plunge. So as you're signing up, if you know if you've never done it before and you you want to get involved, there's a number of ways you can um, you can sign up today on PlungeOregon.com, and you'll create your own you know registration page, and you can start raising money and post it on your social media. Um, but know that when you go out there on Plunge Day, you're going to be running into the water with you know gold medalists and bronze medalists, Special Olympics athletes um, that are out there raising money just like you. And it's so much fun. Um, you can plunge as part of a team, so you can get a group together that, you know, you decide to do it all together, or you can do it individually. Either way is fine. Uh, we have some of the really cool stories are of challenges where, You'll get a company and different departments sign up. So, you know, you'll have the marketing team that signs up and the sales team that signs up, and they'll challenge each other for fundraising and just a lot of cool things. Um, the loser maybe has to dress up in funny costumes, and you see a lot of crazy costumes on Polar Plunge, which is uh, one of the really fun pieces of it. So, yeah, there's a lot of great ways to get involved. And if you're really, really bold, you can join the Super Plunger team. 
let me tell you about this. So, and I actually would love to challenge you to do this. I oh, think wow. you should. You have the spirit for it. I, I read um, about it, and I'm I'm already intimidated. Are but, you in? Uh, are you in? <laughs> I I could probably you can do it. I have. I'll give you I, 24 hours. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I have stayed up for 24 consecutive hours before, <laughs> but I have not jumped into a freezing thing. Now's of water your chance. Every hour. Now's your chance. Very true. Every Very true. hour, this group of super plungers runs into the river. Um, to raise money for Special Olympics Oregon. So this is a crazy group. And each year they change costumes every time they run in. And it's amazing. I, I can't even imagine. I've, I did the polar plunge when I was in Minnesota. So I'm, I've jumped into the wow. icy waters. I can uh-huh. do it. But 24 hours, that takes a very special person. So I'm super excited to, uh, to get to know this group that's going to be doing it. Awesome. So, yeah, there are a, a couple different uh, types of plunges. So you have the super plunge, which you take the chili dip once an hour for 24 straight hours. Uh, there's the, the normal Portland polar plunge, and there's a two chicken plunge that I was reading a bit about. <laughs> You're not doing that one. I don't know about that. And uh, can you kind of brief us on what on how the plunges work? Yep, the, the two chicken to plunge is exactly what it sounds like, and it is A-OK. If you want to support Polar Plunge and you want to raise money, you can actually have people sponsor you to get out of running into the water, and that is totally fine. So two chicken to plunge is you don't have to plunge, you just raise money. Um, and then the, the regular plunge is, you know, you run in once. If you look at any of the pictures, you'll never see somebody doing this where they don't have a huge smile on their face. So it's it's an awesome event, um, and you'll, you'll have a blast at it awesome yeah the, the pictures are pretty impressive you got people with gopros you got people with oh, bikinis yeah. on you got people in bikinis you got people in skirts um tell us a bit about kind of just how the day itself works so it's coming up saturday february 23rd and again for anyone who wants to register just go to plungeoregon.com uh, sign up there uh like Britt mentioned you can sign up uh, with a team you can sign up with a business or you can just do individual registrations as well um but if you could just tell us kind of how that day works and what people who want to register kind of should expect. Well, it's a, it's a festive atmosphere. Um, we have actually a beach party. Um, the local band Hit Machine will be playing live. Um, there's about 20 vendors with hot food and beverages, um, interactive fun build booths. Um, we have a big costume contest. And there's also a 5K, 10K uh, fun run and walk. So if you're looking for some exercise, um, we call it a little dash to your splash. Um, you can participate in that as well. So it's just, you know, it's a, there's kind of something for everybody. And it's just a really fun-filled afternoon. And that's the, all of those activities are with the Portland Plunge on the 23rd. Okay. Um, interesting. And I see that people get, let's see, participants get a commemorative T-shirt and a bowl of soup and bragging rights. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. And I think the bragging rights are the most valuable of the three, yes. <laughs> yes. Throw it on social media, throw it on Instagram, and absolutely flex for everyone. Absolutely. We live in a picture society, right? Everybody wants the picture of doing something crazy and bold to put on your Instagram or your Facebook or your Twitter. And uh, this is a great photo moment, so for sure. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, so as I'm looking at the rundown here, so Saturday, uh, the 23rd at 7.30 a.m. is a 5K, 10K check-in. Then at 9 a.m., you have the Polar Plunge check-in and registration. Uh, you also have the 5K, 10K 
fun run slash walk beginning there. Then the costume contest at 10.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. are the opening ceremonies and the polar plunge. So tell us a bit about this costume angle, because as I was mentioning earlier, looking on your website, polar plunge, uh, pardon me, plungeorgan.com uh, for anyone who wants to visit. Uh, I'm seeing people in capes. I'm seeing people with uh, wild goggles on. I'm seeing people <laughs> in swimsuits. Uh, is that also part of the costume contest? Yep, you see just about everything. Um, my favorite are the swimsuits. I mean, it is cold out. And I guess it doesn't matter because once you run into a river, does it really matter if you're wearing warm clothing or not? It, it's probably the smartest outfit to wear, but it just looks hysterical. And, yeah, you see, you literally see the gamut. I challenge people to get creative because that just adds to the fun. And um, the, the costume contest is one of the best parts of the whole day. People really, really get into it. Um, if you plunge with a team, a lot of people will create themes so you know superheroes or what have you and um yeah it's it's fun i'm so excited to see what they what they come up with this year i'm not seeing any wetsuits i think that's what i maybe do <laughs> cheater <laughs> yeah uh, cheaters that's never true. win <laughs> that is true well and on the oregon coast you can't really ever <laughs> dive into the ocean without a wetsuit on right you're a maniac um, so I'm kind of trained by that as an Oregonian myself. But um, as a Minnesotan, is that what you call people from Minnesota? Yeah, we're Minnesotans. Yep. Minnesotans. And actually, the polar plunge in Minnesota, they carve out ice from the lake. So you're actually jumping into a hole, uh, like an, a carved out hole in That's the ice. That's insane. So, yeah, yeah. That is insane. So we get it easy out here. And then you get up and you play <laughs> some hockey and you're still fine. And then you Absolutely. go ice fishing or do whatever. Wow. Absolutely. You guys are nuts. Um, okay, finally, tell us a bit about the law enforcement torch run that you guys have going on uh, and what it does for Special Olympics. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. So Law Enforcement Torch Run is an amazing group. Um, it's, a, it's a global movement, um, and it started years ago uh, in 1981 when a, a group of law enforcement officers saw a need to raise awareness and funds for Special Olympics. And this has grown over the years into this wonderful organization called LETR. Um, it started out as a torch run where they were, you know, literally run with the, the Olympic torch um, to raise funds and awareness. And it's, it's turned into this movement where, you know, we've got hundreds of officers across the state of Oregon um, that participate in different events to help raise funds um, and really create awareness for our athletes. Um, they come to our, the officers are at our competition. So when an athlete is awarded their medal, um, oftentimes it's an officer that's putting the medal around the athlete's neck and they're in full uniform. And it's such a poignant moment for the athlete. I mean, imagine how important they feel when, you know, they're being recognized by law enforcement for something they just accomplished. And for the law enforcement officers, it's such a feeling of joy. And when I've spoken to them about, you know, what is their why and why do they donate this time? Because you, you can imagine how busy they are. You know, a lot of them are working long shifts and um, difficult jobs. And usually when they're showing up to something, it's not a good thing. And when they come to our, our Special Olympics events to, um, you know, to help with the event or to support the athletes, um, it's such a, a feeling of joy for them. And it's just this real win-win between the athletes and the officers. And it's a special relationship that we are just so lucky to have. And, and what they do for our organization, um, it just it cannot be matched in any other, of, uh, in any other way. They're just tremendous people, and we're, we're so, so lucky. And so when does that go on? 
So the Torch Run is it's a year long movement. Okay. Um, they they if you ever hear of um, Tipicops at restaurants, so you know we've got restaurants all over the state of Oregon that that host Tipicop events where the officers will serve your food and then you tip them and the tip money goes to Special Olympics Oregon. Um, there's actually a run in the summer before the the summer games, um, and they do runs all over the state uh, in honor of Special Olympics Oregon, and that's the actual Torch Run. Um, they support Polar Plunge, um, and when I say support, in, in many of the markets, they're a driving force um, of supporting the events. Um, they do they do fundraisers for us all year long. They're they're unbelievable. Awesome. Well, that's great stuff. And finally, um, as we just kind of wrap up here, uh, how else can people get involved with supporting Special Olympics Oregon? And then if you want to kind of emphasize different ways to register for the Polar Plunge, uh, perhaps especially here in the Portland area for our listeners, just how would people uh, go about getting involved with that? I appreciate that. Um, you know, plungeoregon.com is the best way to register and get involved in the event. Um, that'll give you all the information. You can easily create your fundraising page and register. Um, if you're a last-minute type, show up. You can register on, on the spot and just be a part of the event and, you know, pay your registration fee and plunge. So either way works great. Um, and to support the organization, I would look for ways, um, you know, there, there are a lot of different things that happen throughout the year um, that generate fundraising for us. Um, coming up in March, we've got a partnership with Jersey Mike's where we're a part of their month of giving and you can donate at Jersey Mike's uh, restaurants to raise funds for Special Olympics Oregon and they make a big donation at the end of the month. Um, you know, Plaid Pantry does police on the pantry in the summer. So there's always organizations doing things for us. Nike is a wonderful partner, Les Schwab. Um, so anytime you see those partnerships across the state and um, ways to get involved, just know how much we appreciate it and the athletes um, appreciate it. We all, you know, we, we rely on donations and support from the community. And um, just, you know, I, I can't thank people enough for what they do to support the athletes. Awesome. Britt Owis from the Special Olympics Oregon, the CEO there. Good luck with the Portland Plunge coming up on February 23rd. Hope to see some great costumes out there. Uh, good luck to the Super Plungers. If, is, is that what you call them? If they're, the Super Plungers. Uh, I, I thought if, you were a part of the team. No? <laughs> okay, well, I might be. I, <laughs> let me sleep on it. Okay, um, deal. <laughs> and, uh, if, and congratulations to those people in advance who take a dip once an hour every right? 24 hours. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Britt, and uh, good luck with everything. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it and look forward to working with you for years to come here. We were talking today with Britt Owis, CEO of Special Olympics Oregon. Metroscope is an Intercom Portland public affairs program. I'm Preston Highfield. If you're involved with a nonprofit or public affairs organization, or if you have an idea for an upcoming show, I'd like to hear from you. Visit MetroscopePDX.com and submit your ideas. You can also go to this station's website and submit your information there. Thanks for listening to Metroscope and enjoy the rest of your weekend.